0: Welcome back to the show. So I want to do things a little bit differently today. I'm going to talk a little bit more about business. I know I discuss mindset a lot. And of course, both of those are very, very much intertwined. So today, I want to focus a little bit more on the business side of side of things, because I know a lot of you guys who are listening, that's kind of what you're here for is to get some tips um, from somebody who has failed aggressively at business. So um, I wanted to sort of talk about things that I wish I knew before I had started. So as a high school dropout, I lacked the basic education when starting a business. I also lacked the confidence, encouragement, and sort of overall belief in myself. In fact, honestly, when I started, I assumed I would fail And as crazy as that is, it is true. I wasn't hoping to fail but I just assumed I would. I I never had that blind faith that I or had sort of the vision. I just kind of knew that I needed to try and see what would happen. There was just something in me. I just I just needed to try it. So with this mindset, I did a lot of things wrong. In fact, I did most things wrong. I registered my business in 2013, but it wasn't until the last few years that I really found my stride, changed my mindset and actually got true momentum. So if you are thinking about starting a business or a new project, here are kind of 10 things I really wish I knew when I was starting. So the first one we've heard a lot about is community, but hear me out on this because I'm the weird little island kid who literally grew up without any friends. I was homeschooled. I even did girl guides by correspondence. So trust me on this one from someone who never had it growing up. Community matters. In business, I found it is less about finding the community that buys from you and more about finding the community that supports you. So here's what I mean. You need to have people around you that you can relate to. If you are a nurse, then talking about nursing to another nurse is going to feel way more connecting than talking to someone in tech about nursing. But we need people in our life with shared experiences. Entrepreneurship can be brutal. The amount of loss, rejection, embarrassment, and just overall discouragement is so much. And when you experience that alone, it can feel like there's actually something wrong with you because you're not seeing anyone else around you go through that. I'm really lucky that my partner Kyle also runs a business, so there's a lot we can share together, but his business is very different than mine. I built an independent brand in the fashion industry. It's not an area known for its openness. It's honestly a pretty brutal industry. And I kept to myself for years and basically suffered alone. It wasn't until the last few years where I started sharing some of the struggles I had faced and realized that I wasn't actually alone in what I was feeling. So you need a community of people who just get it. People who you don't have to explain why something was so hard. You can just tell them what happened and they get it. The amazing thing is that we now have the Internet. We have unlimited access to people we can connect with and start building relationships with. Many of my friends in the industry I have because we first connected online. So find people that make you feel proud about what you're doing. They should be chasing their dreams just as hard as you are or even better if they're chasing them harder. And fill your feed with people who lift you and others up. So the next thing I wish I knew the importance of when I was starting my business was an email list. To be fair I actually did start an email list right at the beginning at my very first pop-up event um, in person, I was collecting emails and I had it on my first e-commerce website, little pop-ups as well. So I did have the concept down right out the gate, but I really wish I had known how important having an email list is. Email marketing is probably my favorite thing in my business. I could talk about it for an entire episode. I might just do one on it because I absolutely love email marketing. My jewelry brand survived the pandemic because of my email list. I'm very active on social media. It's really important for brand awareness, educating, connecting with your audience, but I don't put all my eggs in the social media basket. Social media changes constantly, and when you post, it's public for everyone to see. I think of social media as dressing up and going to a party. I wanna show up, look my best, and make people feel good. I think of email marketing like being at a party and finding one great person to connect with. You meet someone and you just hit it off. It's more intimate and you really connect. Email marketing is a way to storytell, to share special gifts and make someone's day better by adding a little joy to their inbox. I absolutely love it. The email list I have for my jewelry brand is my top priority of my business. And I love treating this community by sharing things that are just for them. If you guys want to check it out, you can head to my website at leahyarddesigns.com, sign up and see what I'm talking about. It is such an incredible community. It's only the good stuff and I just love it. So to me, the email list of a brand is the true essence of it. Again, I could go on and on and on about email marketing, but I'm just going to save that for another episode. So if you are interested in hearing more about that, stay tuned. Okay, moving on. The third thing I wish I had known was really something I wish I had done. I wish I had been more open to feedback. This one is hard because no one wants to look stupid I spent a lot of my life trying my hardest not to look stupid, but the thing is, this is just an ego thing. Now, I don't know if knowing that will help you, but it helped me take it less personally. Feedback is crucial, and I've lost tens of thousands of dollars by not looking for it and not listening to it. Every time I launch a new product, I think it's great. I honestly don't launch anything that I don't love, but there have been times when I have launched something that I think is great, but it doesn't sell. And even though it doesn't sell, I keep pushing it instead of focusing on what does sell and what my customers are actually asking for. And I know this will sound obvious to a lot of people, but design is so subjective and it takes so much work to get a design right that sometimes having the time investment makes it hard to accept the idea that it just isn't going to sell. I feel like sometimes it kind of blinds you. So... I wish I had not only been more open to feedback, but that I had actively searched for it. It's really one of the best ways to get better and to figure out what you should be selling. I'm often wrong about a design and I just have to let it go and move on to the next. The key here is to be taking outside information and improving, that's how you progress in business. Okay, number four is kind of tied into this. So you have to read and learn. Because I lacked in the education department, (laughs) I didn't think much about the practical side of learning and getting educated in business. I will say reading is only half of it. You have to start implementing what you are learning. And with that comes a lot of failure, which is really the best way to learn. But exposing yourself to ideas from people who have already done it, learn from the experts, try new ideas. Every day I walk to the jewelry studio, I am listening to either a business or a personal development podcast. I have a rule, if I'm walking alone, I have to be learning. And along with that, I always have a book on the go. So, same thing, that will either be finance, business, or personal development. And this is just a little side note, I didn't start reading until my 30s. I have a really fixed mindset, and because I struggled so much with school, I honestly didn't believe I could Read until my 30s. This wasn't true, but I had this belief that I was just incapable. And this is why it is so important that we push ourselves to learn and grow because I could have easily gone another decade without picking up a book. Okay, number five. Now, this one relates to business and life. This is a fairly new concept to me and. It has already 100% changed my life. And I owe this idea to Tom Bilyeu of Impact Theory. If you guys haven't listened to this podcast or watch or watched his YouTube channel, I honestly cannot recommend it enough. This guy has changed my life. So what I have learned from Tom, which I have implemented in my life and business is this belief. I am 100% responsible. It is a brutal belief. Taking responsibility for everything The highs and the lows is hard. I have made so many mistakes in my business and many of them I felt were out of my control and that I could even argue to say that they were out of my control. But this belief and choosing to take responsibility and be accountable is incredibly powerful. Here's a story that will make your stomach flip. (laughs) There was a year in my business when I spent... $100,000 and I made $80,000. It was a very difficult year. Everything that seemed to go wrong, that kind of could go wrong, went wrong. I had product launches that flopped, partnerships that fell through. I got stuck with the wrong product line that had been shipped. It was just a mess of a year. And it felt like all of this was out of my control and that all of this was happening to me and to my business. And maybe some of it was, but I can look back at that year and think, wow, I really fucked up. I didn't manage what I was investing in well. I didn't manage the money well. I didn't manage the people I was working with well. I didn't manage my expectations or reactions well. I can look back and take responsibility for that loss. And that was a huge loss. $100,000? A hundred thousand dollars, I spent a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I paid eighty. I mean, it's just insane. And so when I look back and kind of just looking over all of the failures, it actually set me up for a much better following year even though I had gotten myself into financial trouble, I was actually in a better place to make more progress because I had owned up and learned from my mistakes instead of just blaming everything else that, you know, quote unquote, wasn't up to me or in within my control. So I get that this belief is pretty extreme and it might be hard to fully get there, but just start noticing where you can start taking responsibility because as soon as it's all your fault... That means you have control, and that means anything you want is up to you. It's both terrifying and liberating. Okay, the sixth thing I wish I had known before starting my business was that you have to start before you feel ready. I have three things I want you to know that will help drill this in. The first thing is this. Every single thing I have done in my business that I waited to do, I regretted not doing earlier. That is the truth. There isn't one thing that I waited to do that I wish I hadn't started earlier on. And the other thing is this. You won't ever feel ready for the things you need to do. The only way to become ready is to start. And lastly, you have to start before you're ready because the opportunity might not be there for you yet. I have an example for this, and this is, this is fresh in my mind because it just happened to me this week. So I had been putting something off for a long time because I didn't feel ready. I can't say what it is yet, but I was applying to be part of a big opportunity, and this week I didn't feel ready, but I knew I had to just get my application in. So I did it. It felt scary, and I did it. And I got a confirmation that my application was received and that due to the volume of entries... I won't hear back until November 2023. (laughs) You guys, it is fall 2022 right now. So imagine if I had applied earlier, I would be that much higher up in the queue. And now imagine if I kept waiting, right? Because I might not feel quite ready right now, but I guarantee I will be so ready by November 2023. So remember to start before you're ready, because by the time you feel like you're at the right place, it doesn't mean the opportunity will line up, but you won't know until you start. Okay, so something else I wish I had known. I think this is number seven now. So you have to get to know yourself. If you're going to start a business, start something big, you have to be willing to learn some uncomfortable things about yourself. Your weaknesses and triggers will be exposed. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, these things will be exposed. But this can be a very empowering experience if you lean into it. At the beginning, I did not. I really tried to hide my weaknesses. And so I never got any better at the things that I needed to get better at in my business. So here's a little rundown of the things I suck at. (laughs) I'm terrible at sales. Numbers, time management, problem solving, handling rejection, and focus. These are all very important skills. And by avoiding the hard truth about where I was at, I ended up wasting a lot of time and money by making poor decisions, all because my ego was tied up into how badly I wanted to be seen in the business world. So, There's some conflicting information out there on how to manage your weaknesses. Some people say to outsource all the things you aren't naturally gifted at and focus on your zone of genius. Others say to double down on what you're bad at and put all your focus into getting better. Personally, I believe it's a bit of both. I had to come come to terms with the fact that I'm a terrible salesperson. Seriously, I suck at sales. I even had a sales job for three years And I never seemed to get any better. And I ended up kind of just being the host of the organization instead of a salesperson because I was good at greeting people. I just could never close a deal. I'm very introverted and I excel more so behind the scenes. So this is sort of where my focus goes. But since I own a brand that sells a product, I still need to make sales. (laughs) So I got a sales rep. This support helps me grow my business, but it also helps me gain more confidence in my brand, which makes me a better salesperson. I still have a lot of work to do, but alleviating some of the pressure helped sort of free up space for me to actually get better because when you're desperate, I just, I don't think that's the right way to learn in sales anyways. So I definitely don't think you should outsource for every single weakness. It's sort of more about figuring out what you aren't good at, getting additional support if it helps you to get to your end goal and helps you get better, but still learning to get better along the way. Sales is still a skill I must get better at. So the next thing is that not everyone will support you. When I started my business, I assumed everyone in my close life would rally around me and celebrate my idea. And I had quite the opposite happen. Close family told me it was a bad idea. One family member said it would be irresponsible for them to encourage the idea because they had such little faith in it working out. I was devastated. And honestly, that statement still it's got sting to it. But I learned something so incredibly important through that pain. We're not actually entitled To anyone's support. This is hard because we want to believe that, you know, our best friend or spouse or parents will always cheer us on, but we're not actually entitled to that. Now, I definitely don't think these people who are close to you should be trying to tear you down, but we have to remember that when we decide to do something big and risky like starting a business, that's a terrifying idea to most people. And everyone has their own triggers. So if you have people in your family who have unhealthy views on money and you tell them you're gonna risk all your savings by starting a business, that's gonna be a trigger for them. The idea might sound overwhelming and their reaction in trying to save you from what they can only see as financial devastation is to scare you off the idea. So when you make big decisions in your life, remember that not everyone has processed this decision in the same way that you have. And when you announce it, you will likely see other people's baggage come up. So, the good thing about this is that it does help prepare you. I am so grateful that I didn't have a soft, comfy, encouraging support group when I started. I wouldn't have worked as hard, honestly. I wouldn't have been as prepared for things when it all went wrong and when I got rejected. There was so much doubt in me right at the beginning that when I started to hear all of the no's, which are inevitable, they didn't surprise me quite as much. So you're not entitled to anyone's support. I do think it's crucial to surround yourself with people who want the best for you. Remember, we talked about how important community is, but these are people who you source out as you go along and whose values are aligned. But at the end of the day, you can't expect people in your life to want what you want more than you. You have to have the vision and the drive has to come from inside you, not from anything or anybody external. Okay, so number nine, it takes time and volume. Oh my God, I wish I knew this before starting. I am a sensitive person and business comes with a lot of painful stuff. A huge part of my job is outreach. I am constantly pitching to media, buyers, and other brands for collaborations, and I get told no all the time, like all the time, and it hurts every fucking time. And I wish I knew before starting was just the volume required to get to a yes, I believe I can guarantee this for you, that you will hear no more than you will hear yes. But, accepting that the yeses will come, you just have to get in an outrageous amount of no's, does help. I think it was Ed Milette who talks about how different your attitude would be if you heard no for the 99th time, but you knew that your big break was coming at the 100th no, or something like that, so... It's more when we don't know when the good is coming or if the good is coming, it's really hard to keep just getting kicked in the face. So I don't know if what I'm about to say is the best advice, but as a sensitive person in business, it's helped me. When I pitch, I just assume the answer is no. And I've found that this helps me for two reasons. One, that it stings a little less when I do get the no. No and two, it makes my pitch sound less desperate. I end up sounding a little bit more nonchalant because it's kind of like, I don't say this, but the, the tone is almost like, I know this won't work for you, but here's an idea. So it just sounds lighter and not as desperate. So this is both something I wish I knew before starting, how much time and volume is truly required, and it's something I'm still working on. I still have to force myself to go and collect no's because even though they surprise me less, they still suck to get. Nobody wants to hear no, but you just never know what no has a yes rate behind it. Okay, the last and final thing I wish I knew before starting my business was this. You have a superpower. Last week's episode was all about finding your superpower and before starting my business I didn't think I had anything to offer that was different and unique. Remember I thought I was going to fail and I definitely didn't think my superpower would be what it ended up being. And we've talked about strengths and weaknesses, but your superpower is different. It's the thing that gives you that edge. It's the thing you were likely told to be less of when growing up. It's more tied to your personality than it is your skill set. There is no one in the world that can do what you do the way you do it. There's a unique gift in you, like a little spark. It's yours to discover and nurture No one is coming to dig it out of you. It's up to you to find it and leverage it. So go back to last week's episode if you want to sort of find what your superpower is and how you can dig it up and really make the most of that little unique spark that you have. Because I promise you, you have something in there. So those are the 10 things I wish I knew before starting my business. And honestly, this list continues to grow. (laughs) I'm always surprised. Every time I have a new failure, I'm surprised at something else that I, God, I wish I had known before. But just remember this, you will never know everything at the beginning. And I don't want you to get crippled by all this and discourage you from even getting started. These are just things that would have helped me to kind of have a heads up on before jumping right in. So if there is something in you that you've been waiting to start, you know not to deny it. Get after it. Now is the time and you're never going to feel ready, remember? So start now. I can't wait to see what you create. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope this episode gave you a boost of encouragement to follow your own path, even if it's a little unruly or has a few more weeds than you expected. I would love if you could share this with somebody important to you. We never know who needs a boost. If you'd like to learn more, you can find me at www.liayard.com. And if you want to see a little more behind the scenes, you can connect with me on Instagram at leayard. And now I will leave you with this. We all have more in common than we do not. Be kind when you can, judge less, less often, and never ever underestimate your own potential. I'll see you next week.